Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. We're your hosts, Lori Steele. Joey Boudreaux. Sarah Blakemore. Coming up on the program today. How the Owl, educating children about donation. And relaxation techniques for children. Okay, all that and more coming up right here, The Gifted Life. Let's get started. On the Gifted Life podcast, we are so excited to visit with Brenda Cortez. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Now, do people know you, or do they think that you're Hal the Owl? Do they call you <laughs> Hal? Like, what's going on, Brenda? Hal is all. Brenda is an author and a living kidney donor, and she's doing all these great things to spread awareness about kindness and organ donation. And um, I'm going to take you back a couple of years, but uh, the Gifted Life executive producer, Kirsten Hines, and I were at the Transplant Games. And so you were there, and we like went on a mission, like, we've got to find Hal the Owl, right? And then we get to this table, and it's just this friendly smile, and I just want to help. And it was you, Brenda. It was amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you found me. I know. So, HowTheOwl.com, if you guys want to follow along. But uh, I think we want to know about how this all got started. So, you're a living kidney donor. So, Joe, Sarah, we were talking about this, like, how did that happen? What were your thoughts? Well, it happened. It's already been a while. So it's been 14 years since I donated. And it all came about at my children's school. And I was just chatting with another mom and uh, helping, asking her to help with an event. And then just came up that she was going to be starting dialysis and needed a kidney transplant. And, you know, I was a little bit aware of organ donation you know, have have that designated on my driver's license, but never really thought about living donation. I don't even know if I knew that it was a thing. Um, but I offered to um, get tested when she said like she needed an old blood type. So I'm like, hey, well, that's me. And then I I tell people that pretty much right at that moment when I offered, I like literally just felt it that I would be a match for her. Of course, I didn't find that out for like two or three months later, but I just knew in my heart that I, that was like part of my purpose mission in life was to do that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, of course, uh, you know, I've got a heart on my license. It's kind of required to be to work here. But uh, even before <laughs> I worked here, uh, I, I did. But my thoughts were, you know, that, OK, when I when I pass away, I want to give as much life and sight and and healing to as many people as I could. I never thought about, as you uh, said, that, you know, when you're still living, that right? you can be a donor to take that step. I, I want to know how. So did you know someone that was a living donor that donated maybe part of their liver or kidney? Or was this just you? you know, kind of going out on a whim and, uh, and, and completely altruistically doing this for your friend? I didn't know of anybody. No. So just completely me going out there and just wanting to ultimately what I felt at that moment too, was that, wow, you know, this mom, her kids are the same age as my kids. Like I would hope that somebody would, you know, step up for me if I needed that. So I literally just wanted to do mm. for somebody else what I hoped someone would do for me. 
Are you still in contact with the mother whose life you saved? Um, just through Facebook. Mm-hmm. She didn't really keep in contact too much. Um, you know, after like the first year, we weren't at the same school anymore. And um, so, no, I really didn't see her know what was going on with her. And um, I had been wondering and wondering. And then I finally saw her. And I think that was at the nine-year mark. And um, I, I felt like really emotional. Like, right. Like, of okay, you know, I finally get to know like she's doing okay. And um, she said that the kidney was acting more like it was a two-year-old kidney. You know, <laughs> she had had it two years <laughs> versus nine. So that was good to hear. And, oh. um, but now we're, we're on Facebook. So I get to just see that, yeah, she's still um, doing okay. So that's great. Yeah. So you gave her the gift of life, the gift of normalcy, and life is busy with kids. As a mom with several kids, it's busy. So <laughs> what a blessing. Uh, right. and, and that's amazing. So um, so you did this about 14 years ago, and then you literally gave birth to this character, Howl the Owl. So tell us about the creation of Howl the Owl, uh, this children's book character, um, and how that came to be. Yeah, so fast forward like six years, well, I'd been promoting organ donation and involved with like the local kidney um, foundation here, but otherwise nothing, you know, too much. Then my daughter wrote her essay to get into college, and she wrote about the kidney donation and that it was scary for her as a child, but I inspired her to want to be a better person and help oh, others. Mom. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you have already won. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. When I read that, I was just, wow, I was like so touched. And then, you know, I'm thinking back, like, you know, there weren't, there weren't any resources like for my kids. There barely were really any resources for me. Um, you know, there weren't any mentors available, and there wasn't anyone for me to talk to. So I just did some research, like, hey, let's see what's out there now, like to help kids. And and I didn't really find anything. So I was like, I should write a children's book to help kids understand this. And so... I like your big thinking. I'll just donate a kidney. I'll just do a children's yeah. book series. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Thanks. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I went ahead and um, wrote my first book, which actually wasn't a Howl the Owl book. So the first one I wrote from my daughter's perspective. So she was in fifth grade at the time and my son was in second. So it's told from her perspective and it's titled, My Mom is Having Surgery, A Kidney Story. And so it kind of just goes through like the real, you know, how it really went. Mm. Um, I include... A part that that really happened as well with people that I just like were friends, you know, coworkers. People kept asking me, and I was blown away by this. They'd be like, "Well, you're donating to somebody you don't know, you know, or barely know. Like it's not your family. What if something mm-hmm. happens to mm-hmm. you know someone in your family or your kids?" And right. I was just shocked that I never right. questioned that. I guess I just you know had faith and this is what I was doing and um my thought was mm-hmm. wow well if everybody was gonna say what if what if then there wouldn't be any living organ donation because we'd all be saving them <laughs> right. Ooh, yeah. so um, 
Yeah, I include that right. in the story. And then just walk through, you know, just like what is like surgery and anesthesia and, you know, feeling, you know, sick afterwards for a little bit and what's it going to be like when mom comes home, but she still can't do things. So that was the first book. And um, it's I'm proud to say that that one is being used by um, some different um, transplant centers or hospitals. And then there are some Facebook groups for kidney donation, living donors that I see the book being recommended a lot. So you don't stop there. You know, you said, okay, nope. this is, you know, this uh, donated a kidney. Uh, now I've created a, a, a book that's going to help so many children understand what's going on in, in transplant. And then you said, well, I'm not stopping there. I'm, I'm creating a new character named Howl the Owl. How did Howl come about? <laughs> So Howl first started with um, just a saying that I came up with, which was help others with love. And like, that's kind of ultimately what organ donation really is, whether it's living or, you know, deceased donation, like you're just helping some, someone else. You're helping others with love. And I realized like, Hey, that spells out Howl. And, um, you know, I wanted to have a, Thanks for that help, yes. <laughs> I wanted to have a cute character that kids could really relate to um, because I wanted the next book that I was going to write to be directly for the kids that were like going through this themselves. And so that's how I came up with like, I'm like Howl, it rhymes with owl. I like owls. Howl the owl. Well, and I said that must have been her thinking because Howl the giraffe wouldn't work. <laughs> Those kinds of things. So that's interesting. So um, you're talking about this with such ease, like I'll just write a book and I'll say, here's a character. So w- were you an author before? Like wh- what? what? What did you do? You just decided? No, no. my background is um, sales and marketing, which actually is quite helpful because once you actually write books, um, now you got to get them out there and get people to know about them. You got to market them. That's right. So, uh, I know I always enjoyed just a little bit of writing, um, rhyming. <laughs> my kids always laughed because I was, I would write little poems and rhyme. Not that my books are rhyming. They're not, but that was like my thing. So, um, I just basically, I feel like it was, it was my calling. The first part of it was to be the kidney donor and then the second part of it was to just be this, um, you know, organ donation ambassador with using my gift, I guess, that I was given um, to share through the children's book. Yes, I love it. And we're talking about it. com is where you can find these. And um, so you've written a couple of books. Hal Helps Others, Hal Gets a Heart, Hal Helps Bella, Hal Learns About Kidneys and Dialysis, Hal Goes to the Races. So how do you get your, your gist for each book, like the hook? <laughs> so when I first came up with the idea, I I knew I wanted to do like three three books that would be like really all about organ donation. So Howell gets a heart. Um, he gets a heart transplant. And uh, I thought about like, well, what organ, you know, should I go with? And uh, I had heard a story of a friend that her nephew received a heart transplant. So that's what inspired me to go ahead with that story. And the title sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get the heart. Yeah. So, um, and then I knew I wanted to write about, uh, a little bit more heavier where a child loses a loved one and they're an organ donor. What does that mean? You know, to help somebody little, you know, understand that 
whether it's maybe mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, somebody close to them. So I had that idea, but I just didn't have my story. And then uh, I had actually met a family at the transplant games in Cleveland in 2016. And they're on the same team as us so but two months later the the dad passed away so the little girl is five years old her name is Bella and um that gave me my storyline and I was like okay this is kind of the story that I wanted to write and um I wrote it I didn't know the exact details of what happened um with her dad and then I waited a few months and then I reached out to Jessica the mom and said, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry what happened. Um, but here's what, you know, I've been wanting to do to help kids like Bella. And so she was very, um, happy and just felt honored that I would honor her husband and, um, you know, bring something good out of what happened and, you know, explain how he helped others. So it's sad that he, you know, he dies, but he was like a superhero and he saves other people's lives which is ultimately what I think brings comfort for many um, donor families. So that book definitely has a purpose and um, it's been utilized by um, some different OPO groups, aftercare. Um, so I'm very happy that that one is serving its purpose, its purpose as well. And then uh, I wanted to, circle back again with kidneys and include dialysis that was technically out of the organ donation series that's book three and then we have the overall howl the owl series so that um the howl learns about kidneys and dialysis that one just came out earlier this year the beginning of the year and just kind of mixes up some different stories of people that i've gotten to know you know i interviewed a couple people and asked them about dialysis because I wasn't familiar with that side of it at all. And, um, and I include kind of what's going on now for people, you know, using social media to try to find a living donor, um, how and his family, they have a sign on the car. So it's, it's how's grandpa, um, that is in need of a kidney. He's looking for a living donor while he's on the list. And then he ultimately does, receive his gift of life um, from a deceased donor though. So I just wanted to tie everything in together. So those are the three that really focus on organ donation. So Brenda, um, I'm a family advocate here with LOPA. So I work with families and approach for organ donation. So I'm wondering which age range your books target so that, you know, for us and for others who know anybody who's in the donation process where we can direct them for your books if they have kids if they're five or 12 what do you what is your age range it's kind of a bigger range mm-hmm. just because of the specific purpose probably like four five um up through yeah like age oh, like 11 or so um, i would have said 50 because that's the kind of stuff <laughs> i like too since I, I still watch family guy every week so <laughs> my husband too <laughs> But I, and I have been told that the books do help adults as well. You know, it's just a simple. Well, yeah, um, I was going to say it, it'd be great for adults to read so that they can learn age appropriate language, too. when they're explaining to their kids or kids they know a little. Yeah. Ease. And then 
I include a glossary in the back of the book. So I don't think I did in the Bella book. I forget. I have to look. But um, there's so many, Brenda. I love those terms. And then starting with the Hollow Hope Bella book, I started including some real pictures, um, which the kids really, really seem to like. That so like with Bella and her family, it's you know based on a real, real story. Um, so there's pictures of you know her and her family. Um, you can even see like some of the illustrations, you know, look just like what the picture is. Um, so that's neat. And then uh, the Howl helps others one. That one just touches on organ donation just a little bit. And then that one is all about just a little like short stories of kindness and helping others. Well, we love these books. And I know um, as we tell you more about them, you're like, where can I find this? So howtheowl.com, howtheowl.com. And of course, Brenda said she has sales marketing experience. So she's on Facebook too. So it's How the Owl, that's one page. And then How the Owl on the Prowl, which I love, right? So different families are, are hosting him, different states. How's that working? Yep. So different families. So far, most of them have all been related, you know, to organ donation in some way or another, which is cool. Um, and some of them might actually just own their own plush. But otherwise, you know, he's a traveling plush. A family can host him for, you know, a week or two if they know they're either going somewhere and they want to take him around or just in their own town. Um, well, he would probably have fun in Cajun country, right? Mm-hmm. Bourbon Street, NOLA. I don't know, Brenda. Like, uh, let's talk about this, Mom. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, you know what? He's just finishing up a trip at um, the Donate Life America offices. Nice. So I can have them send him down your way for sure. We would love him and cuddle him. I love it. It'd be a little uh, culture shock. <laughs> I was scrolling on that page and we saw a familiar face, Joey Gase. We had him on episode 64 of the Gifted Life podcast. Just a, a cool cat, right? Um, Joey Gase. And so um, tell us about your ties with him. Yeah. So I connected with Joey, um, which I've been connecting with a lot of people um, related to organ donation through LinkedIn. And, you know, I saw like, what his story is, you know, with his mom passing and he's just been an advocate ever since and utilizing um, his career in racing. And, um, you know, I had sent him some books like, Hey, if you're out and about ever visiting kids, feel free to read my you know stories to them. And then um, I was going to be in Vegas last September, um, actually for a Nevada donor network event for their donor remembrance ceremony. But it just so happened that Joey was going to be there for the race, you know, that same weekend. So I arranged to um, meet him and, um, you know, bring little plush howl to owl. And uh, once I made that connection and like, you know, okay, we're going to go meet. It just came to me that, you know, I should write a story about like racing and get kids excited about it, you know, with Joey. Um so I had the idea, like, how goes to the races? So uh, he gets invited um, along with a couple other little uh, transplant owls in the area um, by Joey for Organ Donation Awareness Day at the race. So I'm hoping I'm planting a seed with that. For, uh, oh, I love future. it. <laughs> well, we've already thought of your so, next book, How the Owl on the Podcast. <laughs> so think about it, Brenda. I mean, let's get those creative juices flowing. <laughs> Yeah. 
So um, that's the tie-in with organ donation in that story. And then just going into them racing and getting kids excited for, you know, for Joey Gay. Because he's I love it. such a great advocate. He is. He is great. And I and I love the connections. And that's really what it's all about, getting people talking, reaching new audiences, educating. I mean, you have hit it. And how's the feedback coming from families or people that you know who have been affected by your stories? All good feedback. Um, everybody wishes that like these books would have been around sooner, mm-hmm. it sounds like. I so, bet. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely a need. And uh, I go out and do school visits. So... Even people that don't really, you know, they aren't affected by it. Um, my another part of my mission is like, let's just get talking about this to kids and, you know, let them know what it is, and you know, don't wait until either they're affected by it somehow, or it's time to, you know, get your driver's license and decide, you know, if you want to be an organ donor or not. So if they hear all these stories and, you know, they're educated about the stats and the facts and um you know that's all part of my uh presentation at school usually too i love it teaching yeah them how great the need is so it'll just hopefully be a no-brainer then um and then i also hope that they go home and talk to their parents mm-hmm. about it and maybe they'll convince their parent if they aren't a registered organ donor that should be. And that's what we tell families. Registering is one thing, but going home and talking to your families is the next step in the registry process. That's what we try to do as well. So I love that you got that part down. And I also love that um, a portion of the proceeds from these book sales, you try to go out and and help as well, right? Yep. So a a portion of uh, each book sold and um, the plush howl uh, goes to Donate Life America. So I'm so happy good. to partner with them on that. And then each book it will state if there's the proceeds are going to like another group as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and that's the case with some of the books, too. I love it. I love it. Now, um, you talked about you go out and you do presentations. So we have the books. We have the plush. Is there a curriculum uh, that you tie with that? Is one being created or did we just plant a seed? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, it's. It's planting a seed. Um, like I have a word search, like an activity sheet, coloring sheet. Um, but that would be something that I would like to really do in in the future. Um, kind of tie it in with science because there is a school that has had me come back four years in a row for, um, they call it STEAM Day. So it's kind of like STEM Day. They have me basically teach their fifth grade science for the day. And um you know, so I have a little 45 minute presentation and um, starts with reading my story uh, about my living donation. So they you know, know what that is. Um, so, yeah, it would be something I would definitely love to create and, and do at schools. I or even love share it. it with groups to, you know, present on their own. Yes. Here on the podcast, we talk about one person making a difference. Brenda. That's going to go to you today, ma'am. Uh, we love this. HowlTheOwl.com. If you want information on the books, HowlTheOwl.com. On Facebook, it's HowlTheOwl. And then HowlTheOwl on the Prowl. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Howl in Louisiana. <laughs> you going to host him, Joe? Yep. <laughs> Take him around? I'm going to laugh you at first. I love it. I love it. Brenda, we thank you uh, for being here and for taking the time and for doing what you do. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate it the opportunity to uh, share the stories.
this point in the podcast, we take a moment for mental health with Miss Sarah. Last episode, we talked about relaxation techniques for adults. Still working on that. Yep, trying. (laughs) So what do we have on tap for us today, Sarah? All right. So today we're going to talk about relaxation techniques for children. Oh, can you come to my house this time? (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) So um, as we said, it's really important to be able to relax yourself when you're feeling stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the same is obviously true for kids because children experience stress and anxiety just like adults do, just in different ways. Mm -hmm. So one technique we can talk about is um, what we like to call belly breathing. And these are all things that we should do with our kids, too. If they're feeling stress, we should be mirroring the techniques with them. So, so is that like when I'm finishing my CrossFit, I'm laying on the ground and my <sighs> belly's just going. <gasps> you know yes. About here? Yes. And most importantly, so you breathe in and you push your belly out. And then when you breathe out, you let it relax. And so it's basically you're focusing on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, again, make sure you're doing this with your kid and you're making good eye contact and you're at their level. Mm-hmm. So that was a no, Joe. <laughs> yes. For you. <laughs> As we all know, deep breaths in general are relaxing. Even if you take one or two, it can yep. reduce um, some stress. Um, the next thing we like to do with kids is what we call blowing bubbles. Not the ones that you get in a jar okay. or a can, but that's relaxing. what you do with your lips. So That's fun. Let's do it. Yeah. I know you're and it doing makes it you too take, at home, right? Yes. <laughs> and I know a lot of people do that when they're stressed anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's a good practice yep. because what it does makes you do is take a deep breath. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, when so I'm overwhelmed, I'm just like, <gasps> oh, that didn't come out right. But <laughs> normally it happens. But yes. I, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Okay. So if your kid is experiencing a lot of stress, you can get in front of them and you can start it. So you can go <laughs> and they'll look at you and start to mirror. They might laugh at me. <laughs> Which relieves stress. <laughs> Laughter is, all, is the best stress reliever. Yep. Yeah. True that. And it just a gets you to focus on something outside yeah. of what you're stressed or anxious about. Okay. Um, another really great one is counting. So slow, focused counting. So one, two, three, all with breath. So with children, especially breathing is the most effective way to relax a child Mm -hmm. and to help them relax and it makes you feel more relaxed okay now when you were a kid joey we're gonna take you back a couple of decades here but these were not the recommended uh relaxation techniques in your group stuff when i was a kid you know it was just like all right let's hey Let's Calm play down. a relaxing game. And then, you know, we, we, we make ourselves pass out. You know? <laughs> we had no idea there was a level between that and, uh, you know, being excited. Don't just try this at home, right? You're either Sarah? excited okay. or you passed out. <laughs> so that's but all those are, are good. And I can see like if uh, uh, my little one's in the middle of a, a tantrum, it's we got to distract them in some way, shape or form. So right. these are just new tools to add to our yeah. toolbox, help them out. Yeah, it's distracting and then physically relaxing. It's These are great techniques you can use with any kid. Well, we probably should have done this last episode because this ultimately leads to a more relaxed adult anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so maybe you have something you want Miss Sarah to address. Info at thegiftedlife.org. In every episode of the Gifted Life podcast, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Emily Simmers. And we learn about Emily from her family. 
Emily was our beautiful princess. She was a very happy child that loved to live life. Emily enjoyed playing outdoors, jumping on trampolines, riding four-wheelers and horses. She had a passion for animals, especially horses and kittens. She loved chocolate so much that Hershey's was the first word she learned how to spell. Emily loved to swim so much we called her our little mermaid. She had the most giving heart. We miss our Emily very much, but we are honored that she gave the gift of life to five people. And now we pause and say thank you to Emily for the gift of life. In our question and answer segment, this one's for you, Lori. Okay. Can a child be registered as an organ, tissue, and eye donor? And I love that you're just thinking about this question. Um, It varies from state to state, but in Louisiana, where we are, uh, you can register at any age. Now, it doesn't become legally binding until 18, but that's why we focus on education here in Louisiana. We want those conversations had. We want you um, talking about organ tissue and eye donation in a positive way. And we want you to make a family decision. So, yes. How about that? Awesome. (laughs) There you have it. And we want to hear from you. Email your questions to info at thegiftedlife.org, or you can give us a call at 504-648-3477. We may even play your message on the podcast. And that'll do it for episode 115 of The Gifted Life. Yeah, we love spending time with Brenda Cortez. and so happy that she oh, shared yes. How the Owl with us. Isn't that awesome? I love it, guys. Uh, the best place to find us, because that is how this works. You are our partner, and we want to spread the word. So on our website, thegiftedlife.org. Send your friends there. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others find our podcast. I left us a five-star rating. I just (laughs) want you to know. All right. Really good stuff, guys. Um, Help us help you and help all those that are waiting on a life-saving transplant. Um, On social, you can like our Facebook page. It's the Gifted Life Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Gifted Life Pod. Hopefully, we inspired you to register as an organ, tissue, and eye donor. You can do that really fast at registerme.org. Make the decision today. And we do hope that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We're a team, and we'll talk to you next time. This is a production of LOPA, or the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sarah Blakemore. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.